We are glad you could join us today for the Concepts of Faith broadcast. This program is dedicated to teach you how to put the Word of God to work so that it will make a positive difference in the everyday circumstances of your life. And now, here's Charles Caps. We're going to be talking about who in the world are you? <laughs> now, you know, in the world today, there's a lot of people saying, well, who am I? You know, what am I here for? A lot of the runaways, they're saying, trying to find out who they are. Well, you don't have to go any further than the Word of God. And uh, we'll look at some scripture that'll help you understand some things. Hebrews, the second chapter. Let's read from verse 6. But one in a certain place testified, saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him? Or the son of man that thou visiteth him? Thou madest him a little lower than the angels. Thou crownest him with glory and honor. And did set him over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that was not put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him, but we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than angels. Now, I want to back up to the sixth verse here and point out some things to you. The Apostle Paul here, as he's writing, he is sharing with us some scriptures from the Old Testament. And we'll go to the Old Testament and read them because this is where this is coming from. One in a certain place testified, saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him? Or the son of man that thou visiteth him? Now I want you to realize that he's not only talking about man, he's talking about the son of man. He's talking about two there. He's talking about Jesus and he's talking about man or mankind. Here it says, man are the son of man, but in the original where Paul is quoting from here, he is referring to the Psalms, the 8th chapter, and in that passage of Scripture, it says, man and the son of man. So this puts a distinction that he is referring to two here, talking about Jesus and man, because we know that Jesus was the Word of God made manifest, in the earth, in flesh form. And then verse 7 says, Thou madest him a little lower than the angels. Thou crownest him with glory and honor, and did set him over the work of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet. Now he's referring to mankind. So who in the world are you anyway? You're a creation after the image of God and in his likeness. In Genesis, the first chapter, we find that God said, Let us make man in our image and after our likeness and let them have dominion. Now, when it says man, it's speaking of mankind. That includes the ladies too, because if you read in the fifth chapter of Genesis, it talks about the fact that God, in the day that he created man, he said he named them both Adam and he called Adam and his wife Eve, that actually Adam named his wife Eve. God called them both Adam. Now that'll help you to understand the distinction here when we say mankind, because he said, let us make man in our image and our likeness, let them have dominion. Now those that would like to leave the ladies out of it altogether, but the Apostle Paul says we're all one in Christ. <laughs> 
thank God for that. Now here he says in Hebrews, the seventh verse of the second chapter, he says, Thou madest him a little lower than angels. Now the word angel here, before we go much further, we need to get some insight into that. The word angel here is not the word that the Hebrew word that is actually translated from over in Psalms there, and we'll go to Psalms 8 in a little bit and share that with you, is not the word for angel at all. Now, when they translated in the New Testament, for some reason, they didn't use the right meaning for the word, because the word there is actually Elohim. It doesn't mean angel at all. It means gods. It's plural for God. And, of course, from this passage of Scripture here, if you, if you took that for face value and, and the thing that it says there, you would think that you were created lower than angels. But that's not the case at all, and the Bible doesn't bear that out. Man was created on a higher order than angels. Angels were created beings, created to do certain things for God and to, to work in the earth. In Hebrews, the first chapter here, it says about angels comparing their ministry with the ministry of Jesus. From verse 13 and 14, says, But to which of the angels said he at any time... Sit on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. Well, he didn't say that to angels, did he? He said that to Jesus. And then verse 14 says, Are they, speaking of angels, are not all the angels ministering spirits, sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? So the angels are ministering spirits. They're sent into the earth and they're here and to minister for those are for us who are heirs of salvation. Now, we realize from this and from the things it says about angels that angels do not have the right and the privileges of men or of mankind. In uh, Acts, the 10th chapter, I believe it was, God sent an angel down to Cornelius' house and said, Now, told Cornelius, said, if you go down and ask for Simon Peter staying at Simon the Tanner's house by the seashore, he'll come tell you what to do. Now, he's, he's praying that God would reveal to them uh, what to do, you know. Well, why didn't the angel preach him salvation and share with him what to do? Angels don't have the right to preach the gospel. In fact, the Bible says, Peter says, that, that the angels desire to look into the plan of salvation. But they don't know anything about it. That it is not for them. The scripture says here, in this same chapter of Hebrews, the second chapter, it says in verse 16, For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. So Jesus didn't come to deliver angels or to bring salvation to angels. Because angels were created beings for the purpose of fulfilling what God had created him for. Now they did not have a right of choice. They did have the ability of choice, but they did not have the right to it. Now, this will explain to you why there is salvation for mankind and there is no salvation for fallen angels. Angels do not have the right of choice and did not have the right of choice. They did have the ability of choice, 
We can understand that from the Scriptures because they, they rebelled. Lucifer, which was an archangel, rebelled against God and led a revolt in heaven. But he failed, thank God. The Scriptures teach us that a third of the angels rebelled with him, but they didn't succeed and they were cast out of heaven. Now, to understand what we're sharing with you this morning, you need to get a good insight into this. The fact that man had the right of choice as well as the ability of choice. Now, hold your place there in Hebrews, the second chapter, and turn with me to Genesis, the first chapter. I want you to see this in your own Bible. I think sometimes people think that my Bible reads different from theirs, <laughs> but it doesn't. In Genesis chapter 1, we find what we call the law of Genesis in verse 11 and 12, where it says, God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, herb yielding seed, and fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth. The earth brought forth grass, herb yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself after his kind, God saw that it was good. Now notice that it says the seed was in itself, and everything produces after its kind. Now, we need to take note of this because this is the way God set everything up. Now, we might not like the way it's set up. You might not agree with it. You might wish that it wasn't set up that way, but that's the way it works. God's law is seed time and harvest. And as long as the earth remains, that's the way it's going to work. That's what he told Noah when he came out of the ark. He said, as long as this earth remains, there will be cold and heat, day and night, summer and winter, seed time and harvest, and uh, that's just the way it works. And uh, it'll work that way over time. And the seed is in itself. In other words, everything produces after its kind. You don't plant tomatoes and get cucumbers. You don't sow wheat and get rice. You have to use the seed and the ability to reproduce itself as in that seed itself. Now, when we understand that, we can understand why God said, let us create man or make man in our image and after our likeness, because he's following after his own laws. You see, God doesn't just make laws and then violate them. God doesn't establish the fact that everything produces after its kind and say, but I'm not going to abide by that. I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to create man completely different, and he's going to end up looking like a monkey instead of looking like me. No, thank God he didn't do that. He said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl, the air, the cattle, over all the earth. And you know that's good news, isn't it? That's who you are. You're one created to have dominion on this planet earth. Can you say amen? amen. I'm glad you could join us for the Concepts of Faith broadcast today. Now, we've been talking about who in the world are you. I hope you've been blessed by that. Our offer this week is offer number 7513. It's two CDs plus the book, God's Image of You. Some of you travel, and I know you don't have time to read much. So you can put these in, and it makes the traveling go much quicker. For $22 for the package plus $5 postage and handling, a total of $27. This is a 77-page paperback book, God's Image of You, plus two CDs. Now, in this series, we talk about the fact that God has created man in His image. He breathed into man the spirit of life. That was the spirit of God. And He told man to have dominion over this planet. 
Now, we know in the Scriptures that John the Revelator, John the Apostle, said, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, for greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Well, sometimes we forget that the greater one dwells in us. Sometimes we forget what the Word said about us. And then we get over here in the fourth chapter of 1 John. It says, Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, our faith. Now, see, it says even our faith, but even is added by the translator. Our faith is capable of overcoming the world. Well, where do we get this faith? From the Word of God. Paul said, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. I'm telling you, God's Word is still God over every situation. You remember it said, In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Well, God's Word is still God over every situation today. If you get that Word on the inside of you, it creates faith in you. And Jesus said, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you will and shall be done. Offer number 7513, God's Image of You. It's a 77-page paperback plus two CDs where you can listen to it on the road while you're in the car for $22 plus $5 postage and handling, a total of $27. We have a toll-free order line, 1-877-396-9400. That's 1-877-396-9400. Until tomorrow, this is Charles Capps reminding you that the enemy is defeated, God is exalted, and yes, Jesus is coming soon. To order the product offered today, call 1-877-396-9400 or write Charles Caps, P.O. Box 69, England, Arkansas, 72046. A complete list of CDs, books, and DVDs are available online at charlescaps.com. Through the website, you can listen to this radio program again and subscribe to our podcast. This broadcast is sponsored by Charles Capps Ministries and our listeners in this area.